Welcome to Central Assembly of God's podcast. We pray this message speaks to you. I want to address one one issue that some of the, the pastors had talked about this past week that applies to everybody's life, I believe. It might not apply to a recent tragedy, and it's not about the recent tragedy. It's about what God wants to do in your life and something that Phyllis just said. We'll see what the Lord wants to do in the next 20 minutes or so. We talked about ignorance being a roadblock last week and how if we are ignorant, sometimes we use that in like a derogatory way. Do you understand that? You're so ignorant, like uh, almost meaning rude. The word ignorance is, is not knowing something. So even as we addressed last week, is ignorance is a huge roadblock in people's lives. We talked about how we want to remove anything that stands in our way from God's fullness in our life. For some of you, that might mean actually being born again and committing your life to Jesus for the very first time. There might be wall after wall after wall. For some of you, you've been praying for people maybe to come to Christ or maybe praying for healing. Maybe you've been witnessing. Maybe you've just been trying to be kind to your boss. Whatever it is, maybe there's restoration that needs to happen within a family. And you're trying and you're trying and you're trying and something just seems like, oh, I keep hitting a wall, I keep hitting a wall, I keep hitting a wall. That wall is real. It's a spiritual roadblock and God wants to bust that thing over. Now, a lot of times in our life, we'll talk in generalities and we'll say, well, I just have all of these things, or I'm working through it. And generalities don't work. I don't believe they work with God. Just help everything go away so I can grow in you. Now, God was very, Jesus was very specific when he ministered to individuals while he was on this earth. So if there was a demon that was in somebody or pressing somebody, he addressed it. When somebody had a fever, he commanded the fever. He didn't, he didn't just say, oh, well, can this mother just feel better? No, he addressed the actual issue that the devil was trying to do on this earth. And he allowed God's kingdom to come and his will to be done here as it is there. So in my own life and in the life of this church, I want us to stop using generalities. I want us to stop saying, I'm working through this. You can only work through things so long without addressing the issue at hand. So instead of saying, God, I just want, I just want all of you, and I just want, to, I want everything to be a clear path so you can do everything that you want in my life, listen, get specific with God and say, God, I want you to get specific with me. I want you to tell me what roadblocks are right in front of my way that I've either put up intentionally or the devil's trying to put in my life intentionally. So show me where that is. God willing, I'll actually share what I feel like some of them are over who knows when. (laughs) But I want you to get specific, right? Even even yesterday, as we celebrated these lives in the services, we encouraged the people who were speaking, get specific with the story. Talk about the emotion of the story, the detail of the story, because it's so much better, and it paints such a beautiful picture rather than just they were great people. Does that make sense? So 
instead of just saying, God, I just want to be used any way that you want to, and I, I know that there are issues in my life, and I'm working through them. I'm thinking about praying about them. I'm thinking about addressing them in my life. I'm talking to some people about them. No. God, show me the wall in my life, and when it's addressed in my heart, I'm going to agree with you that your wrecking ball is going to come through and blast through that wall. Blast through that roadblock. And then if you get through that one and the Lord, the Holy Spirit reveals another one in your life, you continue to address that with the Lord. See, God is like that crane operator that just pulls back that wrecking ball, and it's up, and it's ready. But you have to push the button. Do you understand that? These issues that can be in our life, these issues that, that sometimes the enemy will attack us, and sometimes, sometimes things like unconfessed sin, unforgiveness, and we'll address those things in the weeks to come. Lord willing. But it's not like God wants these things in your life. It says it in the book of Joel, and then Peter confirmed in the book of Acts, that God will pour out his Holy Spirit on all people in the last days. And we are in the last days. So if you're far from God right now, he wants his Holy Spirit to come upon you, so you say yes to him. And you say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and came back to life for me. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. And he also wants every single believer to have the Holy Spirit come upon them, that they would be able to walk in joy and be able to walk in victory no matter what situations come in life. These roadblocks in our life are not the situation, folks. These are issues in the heart that need dealt with. Do you understand that? A tragedy isn't a roadblock. It's how your heart deals with it. That's the roadblock. Or that's the clear path to walking in victory and joy. I don't want to say, I don't want to do that with God anymore. I don't want to say, God, just remove everything. He's like, I'm ready to. Will you let me deal with the heart? And then as soon as you pinpoint what that thing is, boom, you push that button and that wrecking ball comes forward. People for years would say, I'm struggling with this one thing. I'm dealing with this one thing. And God's saying like the wrecking ball is pulled up and ready to go. So I've heard it personally. I know Pastor Vicky has heard it personally, and I'm assuming some other pastors may have heard it, and I'm sure many of you have thought it. In this season, when something like this happens with Gene, when tragedy happens and so on, fear can be a roadblock, and it's a very real roadblock, and it does not have to last. So some of you might actually have had these thoughts come through since even last, like a week and a half ago now, or 10 days ago. What if something like this happens to my kids? Will I be next? What if, some, what if a tragedy hits my family? None of those thoughts are from God. It, what, what, it's a work of the enemy trying to produce fear in you. What if my life is cut short? What if somebody else's life is cut short? Listen, we can control one thing, and it's our own relationship with the Heavenly Father. So I, I do believe that some of you, if not many of you, maybe not are not struggling with fear, but have at least had these thoughts pop into your head maybe once or twice, maybe not just in these last 10 days, maybe sometime in your life. What if tragedy strikes? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if I come out here and I get it? All these things. You have to think about something. When a thought comes into your mind, what reaction is it producing? If it's producing fear, that thought is not from God. The Bible says that God does not give us a spirit of fear, 
My translation says, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Some of you say sound mind, self-control. You know, there's a lot of different translations. So if thoughts are popping into your head and fear is the reaction, that is not from God. Now, God might be calling you to take a big risk for him. God might be calling you to step out of your comfort zone, even like Pastor Juwan talked about maybe four or five weeks ago. And you might say, I'm scared to do that. God's telling you take the risk. The devil's telling you you can't do it. That's where the fear's coming from. So God's saying, I am your protector. You walk, walk in confidence all the days of your life. Walk in confidence all the days of your life. And then it comes in. Well, what if I'm in an accident? What if this happens to my family? How are we going to get through this? The part of confidence and faith and joy and love and power and sound mind, that's God. What if, what if, what if is the devil. But the Bible's quite clear. God has not given you a spirit of fear. One of the family members, Mackenzie Molinero, her mother posted on Facebook the other day, and I love it. It was a quote that she got from somewhere else. It says, the devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. Today, I whispered in the devil's ear, I am the storm. I love it. I love it. Because we're not going to let circumstances hold us back. We're not going to let it become some roadblock that now I'm afraid. I'm going to dig myself a hole and just hide there so no bad things happen to me. Absolutely not. The Word, the word of God is quite clear. The, the, there's an ever-advancing kingdom of God, always moving forward, always expanding until the whole world has seen and heard, and then the end will come. So the option God's given us is this. If we're having thoughts that are not from Him, to take them captive. Second Corinthians talks about it. Taking thoughts captive. Put them in a prison of your mind. I did, I did it during worship today. A thought popped into my head, created some fear or doubt about what was going to happen today. I literally imagined that, putting that thought into a prison until there was a holy thought that came, and then I moved forward with the morning. This has to be an intentional act of your will, or fear will pop up, pop up, pop up, and you might never dig that hole, but emotionally and spiritually, you'll be in the hole, and you'll just protect yourself from bad things happening. But God's will is that the Holy Spirit be poured out on every single one of you, and that you'd walk forward. This is our choice. This is our choice. This is our only option with God. If we're doing this and this and this, this is not of God. It's not of God. So the scripture I refer to is 2 Timothy 1.7. We talked about ignorance last week. Not knowing the word so you don't know how to apply the word. But I want you to just ask yourself today, is fear an operation in my life? And you might not even think it's fear, but you might be, those thoughts coming in, what if, what if, why, 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 why? I'm telling you, the enemy tries to enter into those types of thoughts and doubts and confusion. And you might not even think you're operating in fear. But if the thoughts that you're having are not growing your faith and t- allowing you to take a step in faith, then the devil is using. He's trying to send a storm instead of you saying, no, I am a storm of the Holy Spirit and I'm moving forward. So if you take one thing from today, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's given me the Holy Spirit, and it supplies. He supplies, not it. He supplies power, 
love, and self-discipline. That self-discipline is taking thoughts captive. I mean, if you think about it, how many thoughts are just allowed to run rampant through your mind every day? I mean, think about that. We might say we're intentional when we're driving to work and we're intentional with our work and we want to make sure all of our lines are set up and we want to make sure everything, you know, we're intentional about a lot of other things in life, but are we intentional about what's happening in between our ears? Are we being intentional that if thoughts are coming into our head that are producing fear and doubt and worry and concern to say to your thoughts, I'm taking you captive, I'm making you obedient to Christ because God has not given me a spirit of fear. So even in that, you know, that you could be in the midst of brokenness and trial and, and all your problems might not go away. Are you following me? But in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit, you could be walking forward in confidence. So when you look at 1 Thessalonians, if you want to turn there with me. First Thessalonians chapter 4. It's about two-thirds of the way back in the New Testament. You know, just like the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, how we share this chapter only at weddings, and it doesn't even apply to weddings. <laughs> it applies to God toward us and us toward others. And we, we put context only in like, oh yeah, that's the love chapter. That's when people get married. We talk about how they treat each other. No, it's God to us and then us to everybody. When we've, we've read this, so this has probably been read many times over this last 10 days in the context of a celebration, a memorial, a funeral. It's starting at verse 13. And by the way, there, have been, there were people that gave their life to Jesus in every single one of the memorial services yesterday. All three services, people gave their life. Absolutely, we can praise the Lord for it. When he says, starting in verse 13, brothers, we don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. So what is he saying? We don't want you to be ignorant. <laughs> we don't want you to not know. We want you to know what is happening here. But it says here for those, that we don't want you to grieve for like those who have no hope, okay? So we automatically put that. This is going to be a funeral service, a celebration service, you know, memorial, whatever. And we just listen to these things, and we just let it slide off of our back. The hope we have needs to be active like right now. We don't just have hope for people once they pass from this earth that they're there. If we're not walking in hope now, then we're walking in defeat now. And we're walking in worry and concern now. But when we're walking in hope, then no matter what our circumstances are, we can actually see that thing come to pass, and we can be in victory in our thought life. We can live in victory in our soul and in our spirit. So what is our hope found in? It says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. This is not just about the afterlife. This is right now, we have hope, we have belief, we have assurance, we have confidence of what? 
that Jesus died and he rose again. Listen, if you believe that 2,000 years ago, a man walked this earth as God, and he died on a cross, and by the shedding of his blood, your sins are forgiven, and you believe that he was buried in a tomb, and three days later, the Holy Spirit pumped life back into him, moved the rock, resurrected a body, he walked the earth, he showed his wounds, and went back to heaven. This is your belief system. So we believe this happened 2,000 years ago. We don't have pictures. Nobody posted on Facebook when it happened. But this is our faith. And we believe these things, and yet when tragedy strikes, we allow thoughts come into our head. What if this happens to me? What if, what if, what if? If you believe that your God raised from the dead, how can you not believe that he will give you confidence and boldness and a pouring out of his Holy Spirit to move forward in these seasons? I mean, some of us have to ask ourselves that question, right? Like, God, I have this problem in my life, but yet I believe that God walked this earth and died, and his blood dripping from, you know, from his body actually forgave all of my sins. I believe I'm going to be in heaven face to face with God. So, wow, I believe a lot. Like, this is really big stuff to believe in. And I'm stuck in this little problem, and I have this roadblock. Like, how small do one of those roadblocks look when you think about that? Right? You know, you, you make that left-hand turn. You're just trying to get to your aunt's house because she got that good chicken casserole or whatever it is. You make that left-hand turn. You see that roadblock, and you're all mad, right? You, it takes you 10 more minutes to get there, and you're just in a bad mood until you get there. Maybe just me. I don't know. <laughs> right? We think roadblocks are such a huge issue in our life. It's not. Too many of you, and, and myself included, have been working on these things far too long. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Rob Malone said it yesterday to his to entire, entire congregation full of people right from this pulpit. He said, your ride home is not even guaranteed. And it's not to produce fear. It's just to say, nothing in life is guaranteed, right? He is the only one that's guaranteed in us. Circumstances and situations we're not going to be able to change, so we might as well stop worrying about them. And our command is to move forward with the Holy Spirit. As you're moving forward with the Holy Spirit, you see a roadblock. Do you work on it for five years? Do you think about working on it? Are you working through it? Or do you say, God, that wrecking ball's up right now. I see that thing in my life. I don't think it's supposed to be there. Is it supposed to be there? He says no, and you press the button. It's called repentance. If we're afraid of that roadblock or we're afraid of thoughts, how in the world, how in the world do we say we believe when Jesus comes back, he's going to raise the, the dead who have fallen asleep first. They're going to raise their souls up first, and then we're going to go to be with him. Do you believe when Jesus comes back, he's lifting you out of this earth to be with him forever? Do you believe that Jesus raised from the dead? Do you believe that his blood coming out of his body actually paid for the forgiveness of our sins? If we believe this stuff, folks, we have to believe that he will annihilate roadblocks in our life. We have to believe that the wrecking ball is there, his name's the Holy Spirit, you press the button and it's going to come. But it, acts, it takes our agreement. 
if we see fear there and we just say, God, just get rid of the fear. I don't like it. Just get rid of all the roadblocks. No, he actually needs your partnership, right? Just like Jesus did everything necessary that we would come to know him, right, that we would, we would be right with him. He did it all, but we still have to have faith in it. So we have to have faith that the wrecking ball is in place. We have to have faith that the button's going to work when we push. It's an intentional act of your heart to come into agreement with God and come out of agreement with whatever is standing in your way. Stop with the generalities. Stop saying all these things are going wrong in my life. Stop saying all this stuff is in my way and start figuring out what it is. God encounters some people in supernatural ways. And we've heard testimonies of it, right? They're on drugs. They use profanity. They're committing adultery. They're far from God. And they get born again, and it's all gone, right? So we hear testimonies of that. And there's just that wrecking ball just completely abolishing the old life of a person, and there's brand new life. But when you're walking with Christ, if you know that roadblocks are in your way, then get specific. Get specific. Come out of agreement. Take your thoughts captive. Make them obedient to Christ. And don't be ignorant of the word. I have not been given a spirit of fear. It's not to be written on a poster so you can look at it every morning. It's to be in your heart. When I grew up, I had like 45 posters on my wall next to me with all kind of scripture. I can do all things. All these posters. And I, I was boldly through like middle school and I lived in fear for three or four years. What good does a poster do? I have it written on a bracelet. Okay. Is it in your heart? It's okay if you have it on a bracelet. Don't feel bad. Like, I don't have to throw the bracelet away. Don't throw the bracelet away. Don't tear the poster down. Just let it penetrate your heart. This is of God. This is not. We were commanded to always move forward in his kingdom and always expand. We've said it over this past weekend. In the midst of brokenness, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of grief and mourning, we can have hope. We can have hope. So before even reconciling some of the roadblocks, maybe we need to reconcile what we believe in. Maybe we need to take a moment to think about what really happened 2,000 years ago. And if you believe that, how can we be nervous about one or two roadblocks in our way? Fear is the root of many of the roadblocks in our life. We're just afraid. We're afraid to press that button. I don't know why. We're afraid of what the new normal might look like. But he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Adam, if you want to come up for a moment. I want to just close with a song, but I want you guys to just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to imagine, you don't even know what, you might not even know what the roadblocks are, but maybe uh, the team can come up too if you guys are singing a song, whatever. <clears throat> maybe you don't know what these roadblocks are yet. If the Lord wants it, we'll preach it in the upcoming weeks. But maybe you do know. Maybe you have struggled with fear. Maybe you're waking up thinking some of these thoughts 
about the recent tragedy, about something else in your life, about your marriage, about your kids, about your job, whatever it is. And you look at this roadblock and you're thinking, oh my goodness, this wall is enormous. I've been working on it for so long. I want you to imagine, literally, I want you to imagine a person sitting in a crane. I want you to imagine the roadblock and the wrecking ball sitting right next to it, hanging from that crane. I want you to imagine that wrecking ball starting to move up and up and back and back and further up into the sky. I want you to imagine yourself with you and God who's operating that crane coming into an agreement saying, God, I agree with you. Operator of the crane, I agree that this roadblock is stopping me from moving forward in life. It's stopping me from, uh, from connecting with God relationally. It's stopping me from operating in power, whatever. So now I agree with you. And now that I agree with you, I've confessed it. And now that I'm confessing it, I'm repenting of it, which means I'm turning away from my belief that that thing belongs in my life. I want you to picture that crane operator getting like really excited because he's happy that you've come into agreement with him. He's happy he's about to get to have an opportunity to do the work that he was designed to do in this situation. And he gives you a little nod. And you go over and you press that button, and that wrecking ball comes flying through the air. And when that wrecking ball comes and blasts through the wall, there's not an ounce of it left. And you know what? That crane operator will even walk down out of the crane, and he'll get a nice big broom, and he'll push all of the debris out of the way. So it's a nice, clean, easy path for you to walk forward and move forward in destroying the works of the enemy through the love of God. And as your eyes are closed, I want you now to reconcile in your heart if you believe that God is powerful enough to raise Jesus from the dead, if you believe that Jesus' love transcended all of your sins so that his blood paid for them all. If you believe the Savior that you followed came back to life, how easy would it be to believe that he will completely destroy those roadblocks? How easy should it be to believe that he will sweep up the way as you come into an agreement through confession and repentance? And as your eyes remain closed and you're just closed off with God, I need to ask the question. If there is anybody in this room that knows they are far from God and that roadblock in your life is sin and you've never confessed your sin before, but today you say, you know what? I do believe that Jesus came for me. I do believe he died on the cross for me. I do believe his blood was shed for the forgiveness of my sins. I believe he died and was resurrected, that I would have new life, that I would have eternal life, that I'd be one with Christ and be face to face with God with a welcome arms when my time is done. If you feel and know you are far from God, and you're wondering where you will be when your last breath is taken, and you want assurance, and you want confidence of where you'll be, and you'd like to surrender your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time today, I would like you to raise your hand and look up at me. 
I want you to raise your hand with confidence. I want you to look up at me with boldness if you'd like to do that this morning. Is there anyone at all in this room? I want each one of you to walk home with hope, with faith, with confidence and assurance. Now I'll ask this question. Is there anyone who knows that they're headed there, they've been facing fear, they've been facing doubts, they've been struggling through things and know that this roadblock specifically of fear is in your life? I want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray. Yeah, all, all over the room, all over the room. I'll just give you another few seconds. It's just an act of faith to raise your hand. It's quite simple. It's between you and the Lord. We're going to believe he's going to do something. All right, why don't you put your hands down and let's pray. Let's stand and pray. And then we're going to go right into a worship song and then we'll end. Hallelujah. If you're comfortable, I know some, a lot of you are visiting today. You might be next to someone you don't know. If you're comfortable, can you grab a hand next to you though? If you're not, just tell the person no thanks. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we come to you right now and we bind together as a church family and we declare that God has not given us a spirit of fear. You've given us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. So right now as a church family, we come together with those who have raised their hand, with those who have had thoughts of fear, with those who have had doubts of questions of why and what if and what if and what if this happens. And Father, we agree together, we bind together to come now and rebuke the spirit of fear that is operating in these believers' lives. Spirit of fear, you must go now in Jesus' mighty name because the Word of God says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Heavenly Father, we believe right now as these ones who raise their hands have already come into an agreement that there's fear in their life. They've confessed it even with the raising of their hand, and I pray, and I ask even those, those of you who raise your hand, just begin to confess it with your mouth, uh, that I have fear, Lord, and I want it gone. Speak it forth, that you've agreed with him, that you rebuke that spirit of fear, and that you tell it to leave now in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, even as they're confessing that, and as we continue to pray, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would fill them with power, with love, and with self-discipline with power and love and a sound mind, self-control. Father, we believe right now that even as we pray as a church family, that your Holy Spirit is being poured out into these individuals, that when fear, fearful thoughts come, again, because they're not going to stop, but when they come, that they can now whisper in the devil's ear, this, you, listen to me, you're not sending me a storm, I am the storm. I am about to abolish what you're doing in my life and in others' life. And God, I pray that not only would you deliver these individuals from fear, but as they are overflowing with power and love and self-discipline, that they would be used as a weapon of God to destroy the works of the enemy in other people's lives. That, God, they wouldn't just recover ground. They wouldn't just get out of the hole to, 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 to level ground, but they would take steps forward now and be used as a mighty weapon to destroy fear in the life of those around them. That they would be able to declare not on a poster or on a bracelet, but in their hearts that I have not been given a spirit of fear. But I've been given the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God. We believe it to be true. 
We receive your grace for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's just close with a song today, and then I'll come up to bless you guys before we go. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.